Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Family Sanctuary, a show that inspires living the gospel message in word and deed within our families. And now, Family Sanctuary with host Peggy Hartshorn. Welcome to the Family Sanctuary. I'm your host, Peggy Hartshorn, president of Heartbeat International that advances life-affirming pregnancy help around the world. And we have a particularly important and timely subject today that I, I know you will be interested in and you'll love the story that you're going to hear from our guest. We're going to be speaking about uh, parenting a child on the spectrum. All right. And we hear that term so much today, a child on the spectrum. What does that mean? Um, and I'll let, I'll let our guest define it a little bit. But, um, but it has to do with, um, with a range of diagnoses from autism to Asperger's syndrome and lots of things in between in the cloud. But these children obviously um, are, are unique, each one, as every child is, of course, but they need a lot of, of special care and parenting. And I think you'll hear a beautiful story today that will be quite uh, challenging as well as encouraging. And our guest today, uh, and welcome, Lizette. Our guest is Lizette Mendoza. Welcome. Thank you, Peggy. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, being open to sharing your story. Uh, Lizette and her husband, Jose, are uh, members of Christ the King Parish. And um, Lizette is uh, also on the staff of the Hispanic Ministries in the Diocese of Columbus. Uh, so she not only has learned a lot about um, helping children on the spectrum, including their son, but also is an expert uh, with the Spanish ministries <laughs> in our diocese. So uh, what, what a blessing you are, I know, in that role. So uh, Lizette and Jose have a son who's now six, Mateo. They also have a, a daughter, 18 months, Isabella. So um, Lizette, Thank you again for for uh, being willing to be here. And I know that Jose uh, would love to also help share your story. Uh, Jose is bilingual and doesn't feel as comfortable sharing in English. So Lizette's going to be sharing for both. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> That's yeah. wonderful. Well, Lizette... Um, uh, you and Jose have been married about 10 years. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. January will be our 10th year anniversary. Wonderful. And um, uh, I asked you actually just before the program how you and your husband met. Uh, tell us again, how did you meet? Yeah. So we met on a summer vacation in Mexico mm -hmm. and then we dated for eight years long distance. Oh, my goodness. Uh huh. So a little part of that was in Mexico and then he migrated into the States as an early adult. Um, and then, yeah, our relationship was eight years before we decided to tie the knot. <laughs> well, that was a beautiful preparation, I know. Uh, you really got to know each other we that did. way, often at a distance. My husband and I did, too, uh, build our relationship at a distance while we were both in college on two different sides of the country. Um, it's a different way of building, but it, it, uh, it, it really is powerful, too. So you and your husband, um, when you got married, your first child was Mateo. And we're going to be focusing in our conversation on the practical challenges that resulted uh, when you discovered that he had a diagnosis of being on the spectrum, the emotional challenges and the toll that that took for you personally, um, for, for you as a couple and as a family, 
particularly as it relates to your decision to have another child as well. Um, and then how your faith was so crucial and is so crucial uh, in giving you the, um, what should I say, the peace, as well as the actual support you need um, in this particularly challenging position. So let's start with, um, I guess, first of all, how did you learn that uh, that your child, Mateo, had a diagnosis of being on the spectrum? How did that happen and, and what happened first? Yeah, so like you said at the beginning, Mateo was six years old, so he's still fairly young. Um, and those signs didn't come so easily because he was our firstborn child. So what do you have to compare? Mm -hmm. Not much. <laughs> um, so he is a gift. That's why we named him Mateo, which is gift from God. Oh, wonderful. Um, because I wasn't supposed to be pregnant ever. They told wow, me. And I didn't know that. The Lord had other plans. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> like he always does. But yeah, we introduced him into the child care system at two and a half. Mm -hmm. And at that point, he was in a classroom setting with 12 kids and everybody could say their name and Mateo's name or the teacher's name. But my son could not say his name or the teacher's name or any other child's name. Wow. So I felt that very odd. I said one to 12 mm -hmm. ratio. That's the, the odds are definitely stacked against us. Mm -hmm. So at one of his visits, I mentioned that to the pediatrician and he said, look, I don't know that I see any signs for autism, but let's have you go through the evaluation and let's just scratch it off. If that's not it, we'll, mm -hmm. we'll keep looking. And I said, yeah, but you know, he also loves to um, line up all his little toy cars. Mm -hmm. And I said, and at two and a half, that's, that's an odd thing to do for a child. I said, and I know he's my firstborn and I don't have anyone, anything else to compare to. I said, but that that's different. Um, so yes, we went ahead and started the evaluation with Children's Hospital here in Columbus, um, but the wait list is so long. So I was speaking to a colleague, I was working for the Dominican Sisters of Peace at that time, and her son had actually just been diagnosed with autism. Her name is Laura, she was, she was an angel. Mm. Um, and she said, look, we went through the same process, but it's so hard to get in with that wait list, go to Help Me Grow. It's mm. a Franklin, um, um, Franklin County, Franklin County mm -hmm. um, resource, and it's so much faster. Oh, good. It was. It was so Isn't it fast. amazing. God, it had, amazing. God had already placed you. I mean, you were working for the Dominican Sisters of Peace. He had already placed you in a very, uh, what should I say, supportive environment. And right there working with you was a person who had been through the same situation. Exactly. Yay, so God. she knew exactly okay. where to direct me. <laughs> um, so yeah, with Help Me Grow, we did get through that evaluation very quickly. Um, it still was six months <laughs> and it was very hard six months because evaluation just takes a toll on your family. Mm -hmm. the, all of the paperwork that you have to submit, how you have to evaluate your son, the questions and the questions that I get, get asked over and over. I almost wish that they had a streamline of how many of these questions we get asked over and over and mm -hmm. over again. Wow. Um, but they don't. And mm -hmm. you know, some of the evaluations were really difficult on us as a family. My son had a hard time transitioning through task. So if they wanted to evaluate his um, occupational skills or physical skills, they were just transitioning very fast through these evaluation tests. And he had a hard time with that. Sure. So I remember one time needing support to leave the room with him kicking and screaming because he still wanted to play. Mm. But that time was up. Mm -hmm. So um, we did get the, the autism diagnosis in the winter that year. And he started... Um, preschool that January. So early intervention right after his third birthday. Okay. So um, 
when you started the preschool, now tell me, the, the, the was this a Columbus Public Preschool, did you tell me? Yes, Columbus yes. Public School. Yeah. And they had a really good program. Is that correct? Excellent program. Yeah. They were so, so that welcoming. was, again, a God thing, that this was where you you were. Uh, had you investigated what preschools had this, this kind of support? I didn't because I was still fairly new to Columbus. Mm -hmm. Um, So my husband and I were long distance, but I'm born and raised in California. Mm -hmm. So after our our wedding, I moved to Columbus. So I had no idea what the Columbus City School District looked like Mm -hmm. or where to go. Mm -hmm. But again, Help Me Girl really helped me navigate that and get into the district. Oh, good. So so seamlessly. They found the perfect location is at the middle of the school year, what what you would think it's not going to work out. Right. But it did. I mean, Good. I was so terrified. I said, Mateos, I don't know. How is he going to react to the teacher, to the classroom? But I still have a picture of that teacher. Her name was Miss Markle. And he, that first day, just went to her, hugged her. Oh, And wonderful. never looked back at me. <laughs> and it's that, you know, you think in your mind so much, so many times, what's going to happen? Is he going to cry? Or are we going to have an episode? No. It was oh, just wow. perfect. Wonderful. That was a gift. It that was. was a God gift again. So so he did pretty well or very well in, in the daycare system. Um, and, and then that went along well until he needed to transition to kindergarten. Was that correct? So he did two years of preschool mm-hmm. um, because he was three mm-hmm. when he started. Um, and he did it at that particular um, campus that was not near our home, but we were okay with it because mm-hmm. it was doing perfectly for him. Um, but then the pandemic came. Uh-huh. So that's when he went online. Mm-hmm. But again, the teachers are so supportive. He still continued to receive occupational therapy and physical therapy, even if it was online. Mm-hmm. They were so creative Good. Uh, on how they did that for us. I remember some of the teachers and therapists dropping things off at our home for us that wow. he needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so s- such an amazing group. Um, and this was still Help Me Grow. HelpMeGrow.org? Um, no, this was still City of Columbus. Oh, the City At of Columbus. At that point, okay. when we entered this, the City of Columbus district, they said goodbye to us. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. They knew you were in a really good supportive environment uh-huh. in the preschool. Okay. So then uh, Mateo got through the the, uh, the the COVID transition to everything online. And is that when he went into the kindergarten? He went into kindergarten. Still, they started that year um, online, Mm -hmm. then eventually went into a classroom setting. Mm -hmm. And because of his diagnosis and his IEPs and individual education plan, he still had so much support. So even we were at a new school at that at that time, closer to home um, and things were going very well. I mean, they stole a small classroom. Three different teachers at once were always working with them, Mm -hmm. aside from the therapist. Um, And things really took a turn for us when he went into kindergarten again, but in a mixed classroom, which means that half of the kids are in an IEP and half of the kids are not. Individual educational program. Half the kids are and half aren't. Okay. Is this part of what they try to do with what they call mainstreaming now? Okay. Correct. Mixing the kids. And that really didn't work for him. It didn't. Um, so we were still in the pandemic. So he was going to start, all the kids were going to start in person that year. But it was really hard to gauge what that school year was going to look mm-hmm. like. He was on a new campus, new teacher, um, new therapist. Um, so he is very high functioning. So we thought this was going to be fine for him or m- even the teachers did. Um, but 
it wasn't. Okay. He still wasn't receiving all of the resources that he needed at that time. I don't know if it was the classroom was so big, te- number of students to teacher, but he, I saw him fall behind. Okay. So when did it happen that you kind of had this emotional crash? Is this about the time that that started happening? So he started school in September. Um, and for any parent that has an IEP, every year we have to evaluate that plan. Mm-hmm. So in November, because it's so close to his birthday in December, he's a December 11th baby, almost Our Lady of Guadalupe. Mm-hmm. Um, so in November, they, they said, we have to reevaluate your plan. I said, perfect. I knew that this was was coming. And at that time, the team which was a psychologist, the therapist, the teacher said, your son no longer qualifies for autism. Like he's been cured. There's a miracle. Oh my goodness. He just has speech impediment. Hmm. So they wanted to remove the autism diagnosis. Um, I wasn't alone at this meeting. I don't know if many parents know, but you can take other people with you to this meeting and it was virtual. So I took his outside um, speech therapist with Casa Speech and she was texting me and she said, don't sign this. And I said, I'm not signing this because I'm not in agreement that my son no longer has autism or does not qualify for the word or the category of autism. Hmm. That's so strange, you know, why they would make that determination. Um, but you, you as a mother, you knew that that was not correct. Oh, I, yeah, in a heartbeat, I knew it wasn't. Yeah. So what did you do at that point? By the way, let me say, Lisette, uh, let me reintroduce you because we're about halfway through the program and, and there could be people who are just joining us. I want you to know our guest is Lisette Mendoza. She works uh, here in the Diocese of Columbus in the Office of Hispanic Ministries, but she's here to tell the story of, uh, uh, of the challenges of parenting uh, her son, Mateo, who is on the spectrum. All right. So we've been talking about some of the practical challenges of just getting him the actual help that he needs, which you finally were able to do. God was so good in giving you those resources. He was doing well in preschool, started into kindergarten, and all of a sudden, the uh, authorities there are telling you he he no longer seems to to need their help. He's not on the spectrum anymore. Some miracle has happened. He, he's not autistic. Uh, and you sensed you knew that that was not right. Correct. Okay, so that introduced another stage in all of this, which was which was a real scramble uh, to find the help he needed to keep him in the help that he needed, and and it was a real emotional, um, what should I say, a low point for you, right? Yeah. So so tell us about that emotional point where you. I think you told me, did you just decide I need to go to the church? I just need to to go. Tell us about that. What yeah, happened at this so point? So we ended that IEP meeting that normally they go anywhere from one to two hours. Um, and these are all virtual because of the pandemic. And I said, you know, I, I have to go over this um, this document that you're giving me again because I don't agree with everything. Um, my son at that time was still five. And I said, you know, for you to remove this diagnosis at five years old is a little early for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, if he was older and much more mature and I could see that he could get through homework by himself and he's reading and writing, maybe I could agree. I said, but I can't right now. So they said, okay, let's revisit in two weeks. Um, so I hung up, I spoke to his speech therapist right after that phone call. And she says, this does not seem right. 
Mm-hmm. And I said, I know it doesn't seem right. They want to take the resources from my son and I can't allow that to happen. Mm. And, you know, I can speak up to this so calmly now, but at that time I felt like everything was coming, crashing Apart. down. Sure. I said, my son is five. How do I allow them to remove all of these resources? He's come so, so far, but it's not time. So I did. I picked him up from school and we drove to church. I, I don't remember what day it was, but it was during the week, maybe a Thursday, and I just fell to my knees. Yeah. Yes. And and Mateo was with you. How oh, sweet. Mm-mm. Yes, he was with me. Um, my daughter Isabella was with me, still baby. And I said, Lord, you gave him to me. Such a beautiful gift and allow, give me the resources that I need to be able to support him. Sure. Whatever sure. it is, I will take it. Just allow, give me the resources and show me the way and sure. don't leave me alone. Sure. And he answered that prayer. Oh, he did. Doesn't he always? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, Lisette, um, I think when you were telling me this, you said, I, I just went to the altar and I placed it all, you know, at, at the feet of Jesus. And um, so how did, how did, how did you then obtain the resources? What happened at that point? I know you've said too that, and you mentioned, of course, your husband is from Mexico. You moved from California here. Uh, you really don't have an extended family uh, in the Columbus area or in Ohio. And I think you said to me, the church became your family. Yes. yes. Um, is this the time that you begin to realize that it's the parish also that's going to be my support, not just the Columbus Public Schools or? <laughs> you no, know, it was even before, even my, before my children were born. Um, oh, good. I knew that my parents were so faithful to us, so to the church in California, that if I was going to find a family, it was going to be in the church. Mm-hmm. So my husband and I did some church hopping to see which one was the one <laughs> that was going to become our parish. And yeah, we stumbled upon Christ the King and fell in love with Father David Shock, and that became our home parish. And there shortly we were introduced to a few people um, because we were volunteering in some of the ministries. Um, and those folks and those families became our family. And we actually have the most unique name, but we call each other the crew. The crew. The crew. <laughs> um, so all of these families that are just come together, some of them also don't have any immediate family here in, in Columbus. Uh-huh. Um, so we really all lean on each other. Wonderful. That's the way it should always be, isn't it? Oh, that's beautiful. So at this point, um, were there were there also people in the parish or people in the crew? You had already dis- established the crew, right? When you hit this low point that really were supportive of you. They, they were so supportive with prayers. Um, they wanted to learn more. They were asking so many questions. Mm-hmm. Of course, this was new to us as well. But there are a few agencies um, nationwide and even here in the city that educate folks. Mm -hmm. So they said, how can we support you? And I obviously didn't know how they could support me as well. Right. um, Besides just being there as a loving support and prayers. Um, So we actually connected with um, Autism Speaks and they all attended a workshop to know like the one-on-one on autism and how to interact with children. The, the people in your parish, your support team, My support the crew, team. they attended as well with you. Yeah. Oh, isn't that beautiful? That's wonderful. So they knew that if Mateo did not want to say hi, it wasn't because he was trying to be rude. It was just at that time, there might be, it was too noisy. There was too many people mm-hmm. and he just needed some space. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm, isn't that beautiful? Wow. So, so they introduced you really, or together you found this new resource mm-hmm. that was not only going to help you, but also your crew. Exactly. <laughs> beautiful. Okay. So how did, how did the practicalities then work out with Mateo? Because I know that right now he's doing very well in school. How did that occur? Right. So I'm talking to you. This is November 2021, where they, we had this horrible IEP meeting where they give me this news. I hang up the phone. Um, his speech therapist calls me and says, I'm going to connect you with somebody and they're going to support you. So this agency was the Ohio Coalition for Education for Children with Disabilities, also known as OCECD. Okay. So they, OCECD. Yes. Okay. Um, so Really, um, the woman that I worked with was Ileana, and she was my angel. I mean, you talk about laws, you talk about rights as a parent, rights as a child. She knew everything. Mm. So she said, I'm reading through this. And she's like, and no neuropsychologist has seen your son to remove him from the category of autism. So you cannot accept this. And she said, I am attending this next meeting with you. So she did. And she pushed so hard for Mateo something that I couldn't do at that time because my parents had always taught me to be very obedient to authority. Hmm. And to me, the principal, the psychologist, the teacher, they know what's right. Why would they not? Mm -hmm. So it was hard for me to push back, but she pushed back for us. So at that time, she said, no, as a team um, with mom and dad, they have decided to complete an IEE, which is an outside evaluation, which means we bring a third party a neuropsychologist to look at Mateo and evaluate him and really see what his needs are. So this is November. I didn't have that appointment till April Mm -hmm. of 2020. Mm -hmm. So that meant that Mateo was getting half of the resources he needed in that school year um, because we didn't have that evaluation till then, until the spring. Right, right. But once the evaluation was done, then you could get everything that you needed in support. Correct. In his educational program. Correct. So wonderful. Uh, yeah, we had the evaluation before the evaluation in um, March. We knew that he, we did not want them want him to be back in that same school because we had lost trust in the school sure. administration. Sure. Um, communication was really rough, so uh, we put him in the lottery system and selected a different school. Mm-hmm. So it was two days of evaluation. I took him and amazing doctor and she says um we're gonna i'm gonna try to work this very quickly because i know it's the end of the school year is is approaching um and we leave that next day and i get a call from columbia city school saying that he's been accepted to a new school the school that we selected oh so it's just all god sent (laughs) Uh, but yes we got called lottery (laughs) the so-called lottery but god god had other plans like i say um so yeah the process was very difficult um but she gave us back the evaluation and it turns out that yes mateo has autism Mm -hmm. with so many means Mm -hmm. but he also has dyslexia Hmm. which is something that was so new to us because we had never heard him having issues. Well, we knew that he was having issues in education, but not specifically to reading and writing. Sure. So, sure. Um, yeah, they wanted to give my son just speech therapy, and it turns out that he needed so much more. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that a beautiful story that, you know, with the evaluation that you thought was going to reveal one thing, something else also was revealed that's going to give him even more help. So it, it is amazing, Lizette, your story of how many 
blessings God put in front of you and people that he introduced you to or that were there in your environment already, the crew that you had already developed. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely a beautiful story of, of God surrounding you with the help that you needed, but also that you and your husband, I'm sure, didn't give up. All right. And and grasped onto that help. Let's let me review some of the uh, organizations that really helped you. Um, Lizette sent me a list and I want to make sure that we repeat some of those. The very first one, Lizette, um, that you mentioned was Help Me Grow. Okay, helpmegrow.org. Uh, then another one was learningaidohio.com. Uh, Ohio Coalition for the Education of Children with Disabilities. That was the OCECD. And then AutismSpeaks.org. So um, beautiful, beautiful resources that we do have available. But I'm thinking because, as I mentioned to you, I work in pregnancy help. <laughs> and so many women uh, in crisis and families in crisis uh, really cannot find the help that they need in the community. They think it's not there or they get a recording on the phone and they, they think no one's there to help them. Uh, somehow or other, they can't find the resource on the web. And that's why they need the community of pregnancy help centers and pregnancy support when they're in that crisis. And so I can just relate so um, personally, you know, to the situation you were in, in the different crises points. And God had given you the network of people, of organizations that could really help you through and could help Mateo. So I know one of the things you had said earlier, well, we've only got about a minute, don't we? (laughs) Um, I want to give you just um, a minute it to tell us about how is your family now, your family dynamics, you and your husband, Mateo, and particularly Isabella, because you wondered how uh, Mateo would do with a, with a little sister. Yeah, we were terrified. Well, one, again, I, it was hard for us to get conceived and be pregnant. Mm-hmm. But when I finally did, um, it was so much support from that one teacher still, Miss Markle, um, and introducing him to books and literacy and saying how to welcome a baby, how to uh-huh. interact with the baby, mm-hmm. because we were terrified. Sure. Um, but no, they're the best of partners. <laughs> they love each other so much and they fight so much as well. Isn't that amazing? Well, uh, just a normal family. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Yeah, but the days are definitely long. Like I've told you, some days can feel so long, so lonely, but the years go by so fast. So I just think it's really trusting the Lord in the path, which is really hard. But one day at a time. Which is really hard, but yes, one day and just... One day at a time. Keep getting that support relying on on, on our family and our friends. On your faith. Because we're not alone. Yes, Thank you. And on our faith, the most important one. What a beautiful story, Lizette. Thank you. Our guest, Lizette Mendoza. And you are listening to The Family Sanctuary on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio with archives and this program as well at stgabrielradio.com. And we're streaming live on stgabrielradio.com. Our show is broadcast at 4 o'clock every Saturday and 2 o'clock on Sundays. So please join us again to strengthen our families and make them sanctuaries of life as God intends. Family Sanctuary is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820. Archives of Family Sanctuary with Peggy Hartshorn are available at stgabrielradio.com. Hey, Marie.